0: Hello, bonjour, and welcome to this special episode of Trafalgar Thundercast. I'm Paige Vince. And I'm Chloe Loveday. And today we will be talking about the people running for MLA, <laughs> Nelson. Um, so last Friday, they had a Zoom conference with us, and we got to talk with the candidates and ask them questions um but we didn't talk to the green party because she had technical difficulties uh we'll you'll be hearing right from them in like 12 seconds and here is madame machado introducing or narrating this whole thing
1: um i'm going to start with introducing a student from my class um charlotte anderson and she is Involved with the um, Aboriginal Education Program here, to, and she's going to do our territorial recognition. So I'm just going to step to the side. Now, I would like to recognize and express my thanks to all First People who on whose unceded territories we are today. We are fortunate to enjoy their legacy of beauty and plenty while we learn and play every day and Nassau. Thanks Charlotte, that was amazing. I'm like, yeah. Um, And just as a theme for me today, when I woke up this morning and I was thinking about this meeting, I I thought about this goose feather that I have and it made me think of our leadership um, that we're looking at. And as we all know, now's the season for the geese to be flying south and They are kind of symbolic of what's happening for leadership in the sense of there's always somebody at the front and they're working really hard and you kind of volunteer to do that. And you have to kind of pull everybody else behind you and we're all kind of going there together and um, and then everybody behind you that you can hear the geese they honk at each other to encourage each other's progress and so. That's kind of where I feel like I'm really encouraging all of you, and I hope we all are, that you guys have stepped up to um, offer your leadership and do that extra polling for everyone. And so I just really want to say thank you to all of you for that. And um, and also the the feather is a symbol of, um, sometimes used to be passing um, around when we're listening to each other speak in a circle. So I just want to have that kind of image in our mind as we're sharing our our, um, our space with each other and listening to each other. So. So just, yeah, that's for me. And, um, and also echoing what Charlotte was saying for myself, I come from uh, white settler ancestry and all of my ancestors were basically refugees. So I feel really fortunate that um, they were able to be welcomed to, to Canada and uh, we still live here and we're really lucky to have, have the um, safety and plenty that we've always enjoyed here. So now, without further ado, I'm just doing things in alphabetical order. So I'm gonna start with um, Brittany to have her three minutes um, to introduce herself and her platform. And so if you're on your um, computer and you're showing this to your students, if you wanna hit the spotlight button, then your students will be able to see her better. Um, And I've got a student here who's gonna be timing you. So if you see me raise my hand, then that means that your time is, is coming to close, I'll go like this for five seconds and then you'll know. Okay, so uh, so Ms. Anderson uh, from the NDP.
0: Hi, thank you so much um, for having us here today. So I'm Brittany Anderson and I am the candidate for the BC NDP. Um, I did want to also acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of the Sinaiqs, the Silits and the Tanaha. Um, I think that's really important we're starting to build again those government to government relationships the first person i actually reached out to was chief louis uh, so that we could start building that relationship uh, with the Yakunuki. so i really wish i was actually in the school with you today uh, it feels a little bit surreal i used to go to trafalgar and i do see some of my teachers are are teaching there so hi mr anast hi Ms. Piro. Uh, it's wonderful to be with all of you and all of the students here today so a little bit about myself, um, I grew up in Nelson. I'm a passionate environmentalist. I went to Trafalgar, uh, and then when I was in LV Rogers, uh, we were had the Liberal government, and there was a day that I was just a little bit older than you, that we were all lining up at the student phone uh, to call home to our families. And this was a unique situation uh, because the Liberal government was making massive job cuts across the region. So I was in this long lineup, wondering if my dad was going to have a job um, by the end of the day and there were students in front of me turning around bawling their eyes out because their mom had been transferred to Kamloops or their dad had just lost their job And so what I'm really worried about is a Liberal government that is not going to be providing the services and the support that we need to get us through the pandemic. I know we're all missing our friends, you know, I want to see my grandparents, I want to give them a hug, but we need to all keep each other safe. And, you know, I'm glad that students are able to be together in the classroom. I know that the teachers and the education assistants, they need support and the NDP government wants to provide you with that support. I also think that it's really important that we are a diverse party. It's something that I'm so proud of with the NDP government. We have more women than men running for the first time ever. 25% of, our, of the people running are of uh, indigenous um, or people of color. Uh, there's people with disabilities there's uh, people that are a part of the lgbtq community this party looks like british columbia and i am really really proud of that i'm dedicating my life's work uh, to the environment i have a master's of environmental science and policy um, and i'm committed to ensuring that we have the strongest environmental policies moving forward. Because the work that I'm doing is not just for me, it's for you, and it's not just for you, it's for your grandchildren. We need to be looking seven generations down the road. How are our decisions today going to be impacting all of us in the future? Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much from us here, from uh, hearing from you. Um, I'm sure everyone's virtually clapping. Um, so next up, we have Nicole Shalwood. Um, I think I saw her link the meeting. Oh, she's on the corner, okay. Okay, oh, there she is. I don't know why it popped up a little message. All right. So if you're ready, uh, go ahead. You're on mute. I can try to unmute you. Um, I don't know. Let me see if I can do that for you. Oh, uh, no! You have to un- you have to unmute yourself. I can't do it. <laughs> so there's a little button on the bottom bar of your computer, um, and you press the microphone. Yeah, it's like a white bar at the bottom. Yeah, you're still why don't we come back to you and you can work on your button and we'll go to Tanya Finley if you're ready from the Liberal Party.
2: Good morning, everybody. Yes, can you hear me? Good. My name is Tanya Finley and I am the owner of Finley's Bar in Nelson and Sage Tappas and Wine Bar. I'm also the director of the Chamber of Commerce for the British for British Columbia. And I am also the president of the Chamber of Commerce for two terms in Nelson, BC. I'm extremely excited to be running for politics. There's a lot of stuff that I'm learning right now. I am seeing uh, some of the exciting parts of it. I'm learning what is happening with our planet and our world. I am. The reason I'm running for politics is because this SNAP election was called and we have a duty for all parties to be represented. The NDP, Brittany's there, we have a Green representative, we have Terry running, there are women, yeah, we're all doing this and we're all trying to figure out the best solution. So, you know, when you're having a rough day at at home and you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do, that's what we're trying to do in our job. I thought that we'd be talking about, you know, the environment, I think we're gonna be talking about business, I think we're gonna be talking about the economy and those are things that are important to all of us. So we need to keep everybody safe right now and we need to be talking about and working with each other. So if i be elected, I would be talking to Brittany. I would be talking to Nicole. I would be talking to everyone to make sure that we are coming together with the decision. And I hope that I can make you all proud.
1: Great, thank you very much. Um, so um, we're gonna go to, uh, I don't know if you're ready. Uh, not, still not? Okay, so we'll, we'll go to Terry Teeson from the Libertarian Party, and uh, he can have his a minute to talk about it.
3: <laughs> Hello there, I'm Terry Teeson. I have permission to say that I'm TJ's dad. He goes to Trafalgar there. Uh, I have raised three kids here in Nelson, and I'm sure you all know why I have uh, chosen to do that. It's beautiful, and it's a safe, wonderful spot for my kids to play and grow up um i am one of the smaller parties so i think it's important for me to describe what libertarian is give you a crash course in it really quickly here and our tagline is lower taxes smaller government real choices and true freedom so how this works is we want to empower the individuals to have more economic and decision-making power in their lives so that the governments can become smaller so that they can take less taxes from us so that we have more money to do, make more decisions. So the more times we do that, eventually we are as strong as we possibly can be as individuals. The government is as small and efficient as it can be. We're paying as little tax as possible, and the cycle keeps going so that our economy can be as strong as possible. Now, a second catchword for libertarianism is free market economics, and you'll hear a lot about this in this election about uh, ending ICBC or ending the transportation monopoly. um, There's several of them in the province, and we believe in order to have an economic resurgence, uh, we need to open up so that all of us have a chance to be in any of these industries, any of the businesses, and empower ourselves as individuals. So powerful people, small government, little tax. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr.
1: Johnson. Um, I'm just looking to see if um, Nicole Charlotte is back. Um, so I guess when she does get back on, we'll, we'll uh, come back to her to have her have a chance to introduce herself. But um, I think we'll start with our questions right now. So I have a student from my, my class who has a question to ask. So I'll have Naya come on up here. And she's going to ask a question, and then after um, each of you will have one minute to um, to uh, reply. So you can come right um, If you become MLA, um, would you do anything about the logging at Cottonwood Lake? Mm-hmm. Did you hear the question clearly? Yes. Uh, I will just repeat it again. Um, if you become MLA, what would you do about the logging at Cottonwood Lake? So um, just we'll just rotate through the, um, the order. So I will start with uh, Tanya Finley for this answer. So
2: private logging is a very complex issue. Uh, we need to be talking to environmentalists. We need to be talking about the watersheds that run in there. So this is a very complex question that I think that's important to be looking to the scientists. I think we need to be looking at um, the up on Mountain Station. We also have a person up there, that a company that runs private logging up there. And the legislation that happens there is set by the province. And so what happened um, up at Cottonwood and what is currently happening is under the NDB power right now. So we would be talking to actual landowners and working out some legislations and looking at changing some of those things so
1: that maybe in the future that doesn't happen. Okay, Thank you very much. Um, Next person would be Mr. Thiessen. How would you address that problem?
3: I would have to totally agree. This is a very complicated issue. Um, What we would see that the big part is as a government is getting really out of the way of the process of figuring out what to do on private property um we do believe that people can make ecological healthy decisions they don't need to be instructed by a government how to do it i think there's a huge paradigm shift going on and that there's a more uh, enlightened approach to this uh on private property, but definitely this has to be dealt with as a, from an ecological standpoint. We can't poison our environment, uh, but we do have to respect the private property of people would be the libertarian standpoint. Thank you.
1: Thank you Mr. Um, So one minute for Ms. Anderson to reply.
0: Yes, thank you. So on City Council, I have now voted three times to protect Cottonwood. I voted in favor of protecting it. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have the support of all of Council. So what we were able to do at the Regional District is we were able to purchase a small portion of that land. But what we see now is that with private land logging, there are are basically no regulations. So there are some regulations in order to protect waterways, but there's not enough regulations to ensure that a company in a free market is able to just purchase land, log it all, and then leave. Right now, they're not even required to replant. And we've seen deregulation of the forestry industry under the Liberal government. And so what we need to do, when we are talking about old growth, um, I specifically asked that that the independent panel come to Nelson so that we could voice our opinions and I will be working at the provincial level to protect our forests.
1: Thank you. You, you just made it in time. That was, that was
0: fantastic.
1: Um, okay. So to just get it in time. So we have a question from a Ms. McCool's class to come next and if uh, Ms. Michaud's- Madame Emma Cole would like to have her students come forward to ask the question. Um, that would be now. Yeah. Bonjour. Thanks for coming. Our question is, what, what is the most, most important change you want to make if you get elected? Okay, so I think everybody heard that. What is the most important change you want to make if you get elected? Thank you for all that call. And so, just rotating the start, um, we're going to start with um, Mr. Tyson for this question, and you have one minute. Uh, you have to unmute.
3: Yeah. Thank you. There. Uh, yes. The biggest changes um, uh, we think we would have to make would be economic ones. We think that uh, uh, taking away the gas tax would be a way to stimulate the transportation industry, the tourist industry, the farming industry, the commuter, everybody, even it drops food prices when you remove gas tax. The other thing we would do would be to break up monopolies like the ICBC, the public transport board, transportation board, uh, to allow these uh, industries to be liberated and to um, become more efficient, work out the deadwood and uh, make them economically viable. So it would be economic mostly. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Thiessen. Um, Back to Ms.
0: Anderson for this question. So one of the biggest changes that I think that we, I would like to see happen, and I have actually stood up at the Union of British Columbian Municipalities. So that's all of the local government elected officials. So mayors, councillors, regional district directors in a big room. And I was encouraging British Columbia to allow people as young as 16 to vote. I think that it's really important. I think that there's passionate, smart young people, and I think that they want their voices heard. They have the future ahead of them. They want to be a part of the decision. They want to be a part of that conversation. And I want to hear from young people, and I want to have them be empowered to get out to vote.
1: Thank you, miss T- uh, Mr. Anderson. And uh, we'll come back to Ms Finley for her answer on that question.
2: Hi, everybody. Um, I, what I would want what I've been asking uh, since i've been since I made the decision to run, what I've been asking everybody is what what do you guys want to see? What I'm hearing the most of? is that people want openness and they want transparency. They are tired of people telling them something and what they want to be told what to do. So my objectives would be to listen and hear and then work hard to implement those things. So I think we need a more open and honest
1: um, political system. Thank you. Um, Okay, so that's everybody's answers on that question. So we're gonna have an, our next question is from uh, tag six six. So I'll just have them ask you that question. <laughs> okay. Hi, so
2: we're at 6-6. Christian's gonna be asking our question.
1: Hi, my name is Christian from 6-6. Six six. Our question is: how are you going to support people who are homeless? So um, That question goes first to Ms. Anderson.
0: Yeah, so we know we have, we're struggling with the housing crisis here. And in order to support people that don't have homes, I want to see more housing built, more affordable housing built, homes that if you have a regular job you're able to rent that home. For homeless people I also want to see supportive housing we know that a lot of people that are on the streets it's because they've had a really hard childhood and they need they basically need the support of a parent they need mental health care workers they need doctors and nurses they need proper nutrition that will help them Get there, be able to have that security of a home. It's proven that by housing people, they're then able to give back to society. A lot of these people have dreams, uh, would love to see a future, but without a home and without a good night's sleep and without proper food, it's really, really hard to get your life together. I think it's actually impossible. We need that supportive housing to ensure that everyone has a home. It is an absolute human right.
1: Thanks, Ms. Anderson. You got the timings down, like, to the second. Um, okay, so we have Ms. Um, no, hang on. We have Ms. Finley next.
2: So, homelessness is a very sensitive issue. Um, people often judge people that are on the streets and think that they're not a human and they treat them with such disrespect. Um, those are someone's children out there and Homelessness, needs to be taken care of very, very gently. Um, we need to be looking at the cause of the problem. Often those are kids that something happened to them when they were little or they have a mental um, mental health issue that they're not able to actually deal with the problem properly. And so we need to be treating the cause of the problem. And we need to be looking at the individual and trying to get them the help, the proper doctor, the proper treatment that they require so that they're safe and that they can start to make better decisions for themselves. Um, I think we're going to have to be looking at doctors and police and social workers to try and really figure out what, this, what the root of the cause is for these people that are on the street. They do not want to be there. It is cold, winter's coming, and we're going to do our best to help them. So treat the cause and we'll prevent the harm. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Ms. Finley. People are liking your comment there. Um, and lastly, Mr. Thiessen for this one. Thank you. Yeah,
3: this is a problem and what I see the government's role in this British Columbia has a lot of land tied up in what's called crown crown land and we're trying to cram a whole bunch of people into a very little limited amount of private property and private ownership (laughs) we were to expand and give more of that property available to build these places the second is to lower the make it easier to build them for one thing the regulations are very hard right now. I know that the two places that came in and were built in Nelson had a lot of, a tough time doing it, and it should be a lot easier to build low-income housing. So we can remove regulations, make it easier, and we can bring more land into the public sector. Thank you very much.
1: Okay. Thank you for that response. So we have um, more questions. We're going to move to grade eight now and uh, go with the question from Ms. Rosie's class. Madame Rosie. I see her there. She's getting the people Um, Levi has a question. He's going to come around right now and ask it. Hi. Um, which one? Okay. Um,
3: what will your policy be on bicycles and skateboards, etc., in Nelson? How are you planning to encourage people to leave their cars and find alternative forms of transfer?
1: Thank you. Did you guys get that? Yeah. You heard that? I think everybody heard it. It was really clear from my end, anyway. Um, so we're, we're gonna, I feel like we got to um, last up with Tent, Ms. Finley. So we're gonna start with Ms. Anderson for this question, and uh, you have one minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So on City Council, I asked to have active transportation be one of our top priorities. We had a 10-year-old plan that had been sitting on a shelf collecting dust. So we got a working group together and we had people with disabilities, people that are pedestrians and generally walk, and cyclists also with the Ministry of Transportation looked at the plan and prioritized that plan. And because of that, we are now, Council has agreed, we are now building the first of a network of active transportation routes through the city. So we're looking for a triple A rating, which means all ages and abilities. So I wanna see an older grandma being able to ride their bike with a four year old in a really safe way. And because of the work that I've been doing on city council, that is actually becoming a reality. You're gonna be able to get from downtown to lakeside park in a safe uh, bike route with safe walking routes that's appropriate for people with disabilities as well.
1: Thank you, Ms. Anderson. You can just finish that question right on time. Um, so next up will be Ms. Finley.
2: So that's a great question. My business is downtown. I'm excited to see the active transportation happening. I do sit on economic development and the Chamber of Commerce where we get to be part of those decision making. As for the skateboard question, Finley's did these fundraisers that we got to actually put the skate park up in, uh, up in Rosemont. So um i'm really proud of you for asking that question
1: and being brave to do that okay thank you very much Ms. Finley. and mr tyson you have a minute to answer that question
3: Uh, yes i certainly uh, enjoy our city and the ability to get around by bike and skateboard and i think definitely as a city brand encouraging either as a job development program or you know a youth development idea brainstorm where we can figure out how to make this place continue to be more accessible that way that's great once again though as a libertarian we have to be careful about how many laws get made um, you can't you can't restrict people and tell them where they can and can't ride bikes or ride skateboards um, you know beyond safety measures we want to keep people safe but be aware at least Be worried about laws and regulations, folks. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Mr. Thiessen. Okay, we're going to move on to another question. This one is coming from um, 8-3, Madam DiBiaseo and Mr. Pirro's class. Sorry, you have to unmute yourself. Good morning. Our camera's not working, but we are here. And here is Adara. Um, Hi, I'm Adara from 830 and this is Emma Wooder's question. If you are elected, how will you help reduce the use of one use plastic? So we're gonna start this question with um, Ms. Finley.
2: That's a great question. Um, with my business, we've been doing that for a long time. We've been working really close with city Council and the Chamber of Commerce for businesses to reduce single use plastic. Uh, we have paper straws. We were the first one in, in Nelson at the bars to be able to do that, and I was very proud of that. Um, and we have reduced like, what we'll do is we'll just learn everything we can and try and push that forward again. Unfortunately, with a little bit of COVID, that didn't happen. so we were you know we're having to use a lot more plastics right now. so let's try and think of some new ways. That we can, you know, use hand sanitizers without the plastic bottle that's wrapped around it. So those are some things that we can work together for for sure. Because single-use plastics
1: um, are a complete waste for sure. Thank you, Ms. Finley, and we'll have Mr. Thiessen reply to that uh, question.
3: Thank you. Yes, uh, this is a good one because we believe the change will come from you, and the fact that you're asking that question shows that change is happening. Um, We believe that the people need to make uh, decisions from a consumer level up. You can use your financial power to change the world. If you do not purchase something, they can't survive. So if you are using your dollars to support non-single-use plastic straws, they'll go away. But it has to happen from the people level. It can not happen from a governmental level. Thank you.
1: All right, thanks, Mr. Thiessen. Um, And Ms. Anderson, what do you think about that question?
0: Yeah, so unfortunately, I do disagree um, with Mr. Thiessen. I believe that it is absolutely imperative, the government act. I'm really proud and I was so excited to see that the BC NDP is committed to ending single-use plastics in British Columbia. And this is a huge step forward. You know, doing it community by community, that's not enough. I want to see this happen in British Columbia. I want to be the leaders in this, and I want to see this stretch across Canada. We know that this needs to happen. Right now, it's choking our oceans. It's, it's hurting our wildlife. We need to end single-use plastics now, and the BC NDP is absolutely committed to doing that, which is wonderful.
1: Thank you, Ms. Anderson. Okay, we have another question from uh, 8-3, which is the Bloom Hero class. So if uh, that class would like to come forward and ask that question. Excuse me, that's just Bloom's class. Thank you. Sorry, I was just reading the document. This question is, what are you going to do about the Indigenous rights and the pro- protests going on with the pressures of pipelines? Thank you. I hope everybody heard that one. I'm just going to repeat it. Um, what are you going to do about the indig- Indigenous rights and the protests going on with the pressure of pipelines? So for this question, we'll start with, I think it's Ms. Anderson this, this round.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I strongly believe that reconciliation is critically important. Indigenous people have not been treated equitably uh, since colonization. So the first thing that I did um, when I knew that I was going to be running was to reach out to Chief Louis. Um, with the Tanaha and ask for a meeting. And so we sat down and we had a really great conversation. Um, The BCNDP is committed to working with First Nations. We have an agreement signed with them. And right now it's up to the Wet'suwet'en for them to figure out what's happening with them internally and make those decisions internally. So right now the BCNDP is working government to government with the Wet'suwet'en people in the way that is that that's how we need to be moving forward is government to government relations, respecting indigenous people and acknowledging that this is their unceded territory and that's we need to respect that. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Ms. Anderson. Um, we're going to ask uh, Ms. Finley to reply to that question. So this was a great question. I was asked this also
2: by the Nelson Star, um, what what was one of my top priorities? It wasn't a direct question. It was the, um, the indigenous culture, I think, is not looked at enough in government at all. And so my that was one of my top priorities as well, going into politics. Um, I have four adopted indigenous cousins and I am learning everything I can to figure out how we navigate through this all with, um, um, I'm reading some materials right now that the the amount of children that are in um, foster care are, there's a, a high population of indigenous people there. And I think those are the conversations we need to be having is what what can we do and how can we learn to make this better? So it's absolutely a priority for me as well.
1: Thank you for your answer. Mr. Thiessen, please weigh in on this question.
3: Hello, yeah, we as Libertarians definitely respect their right to the land and that this was unceded territory but then it becomes even more complicated because if they are given the rights to choose their land if they choose to have the pipeline go through it then it's not right for an environmentalist company to tell them what they can or can't do on their property but they also have the choice to say they do not want the pipeline going through so uh they have to be given the indigenous people have to be finally given the right to make the decisions for the land that they're on and that includes if they want the pipeline so thank you very much
1: all right thanks mr teeson um so those are the questions i had selected in advance um we do have a little bit more time just because one of our candidates uh somehow technologically got uh not able to participate so um, I'm going to just look, I saw a question from um, Mr. Corbett's class um, that was on here. So I'm just going to um, read that to you and we'll go with, um, with that. And then we probably have time also from Ms. Jackson's class. She's just put in that she has a question too. So I'll read the, um, Mr. Corbett's question. We're in need of mental health professionals in schools, especially in middle and high schools what would you do to make kids feel safe talking about mental health struggles? And would you put trained mental health professionals in schools for students? So um, that one, we're going to start with um, uh, Ms. Finley for the answer to that one.
2: Mental health is a huge issue. I think there's a stigma that goes with it that should be, we need to remove. Um, I hire, um, I'm working with people in my industry and with the Chamber of Commerce, we were looking at, you know, hiring all people. So I think that we need to be really looking at this closely and, you know, children and high school students need to be able to come to a safe place to someone they can talk to um, what you guys are dealing with, even with COVID going through high school, you know, watching those kids not be able to, to go through their graduation. I really had a lot of empathy for a lot, for all of you. Um, and even going back to school and your teachers making sure you you were safe. So having somewhere that you have an outlet to talk to is extremely important. And I will happily be that year for you guys and trying to navigate that
1: for you. Thank you, Ms. Finley. Um, so how would you like to reply to that Mr. Thiessen?
3: I think that's a great idea. Um, this is right up our alley. We really would like to remove what was mentioned by Tanya, the stigma of it, and um, a lot of this it gets dealt with in criminal courts, and it's dealt with, um, and they're further victimized by the court systems where this is has to be dealt with in a more compassionate, empathetic way. And certainly at the the child level in the schools, we really want you to feel safe. And so I would, yeah, let's let's have more health professionals working with us as opposed to dealing with problems maybe later in the court systems thank you
1: thank you mr teeson and Ms. anderson what do you think about that question?
0: yeah so, sorry um so i think that mental health is a huge part of overall health um, when i was living in creston i woke up one morning and i was having chest pains i called my mom she told me to go to the doctor and I was in emergency after I was there for about an hour. The doctor asked me if I had anything stressful going on in my life. And I let her know that I was about to move to Europe for two years to start a master's program. That's when she looked at me and told me I was having a panic attack. And so I feel like mental health is absolutely so important and it's really important that we talk about it. I've gone to counselors before when I've, had a, when I've been having stress in my job. And I think seeking mental health Uh, support and getting that support is really critical for all of us and I would love to see that in the schools. I think that it's a really important practice to start talking to people early before issues spiral and it's a great way to just reflect on yourself and become mentally healthier. Thank you.
1: Thank you Ms. Anderson. Okay I'm going to turn it over to 6-3 for a question. Hi, we have Maria here with a question for the candidates. If you get elected, what actions will you take regarding racism? You guys hear that? Yes, everyone heard the question. Okay, so um, we need to start with um, Ms. Finley for this one.
2: Racism is um, not acceptable in our country and we need to be talking about this more. Anyone who ever feels that needs to have a place where they can go and that we can resolve these problems. Um, We need to educate people that have learned bad behaviors. This is just not going to happen. I'm seeing this even in politics right now. You choose a party, people don't like you. you. You're a woman, you shouldn't get to go somewhere. You have a different colored skin, you get to do this right now. We have to end that. This is not going to be tolerated at all.
1: Thank you, Ms. Finley and um, Mr. Thiessen.
3: Yes, thank you once again. And I just, I'm so encouraged by even the question. Um, This is really showing that our children are kind, caring individuals. Our parents are doing a a good job and so, thank you for asking that and we just have to keep continuing to be more kind and compassionate to everybody around us we can always find ways to look at differences but it's better to look at ways that we're the same and we can work together so um definitely the schools are doing a good job of and we can have more effort in the schools i guess would be my my way of dealing with it to uh, just continue the conversation congratulations and keep thinking of how we can become better people I'm proud of you, thank you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Thiessen. Uh, And Ms. Anderson, what's your response on that?
0: Yeah, so I've been a part of a group um, that's called Intercultural Kootenays. And the idea is to start with education around racism and really looking at institutions. So looking at City Hall, looking at Selkirk College, looking at how our practice is looking at the police how that we can ensure that we are we understand that first of all racism does exist within our community i'm hearing from our community that they've experienced racism i mean i'm hearing from women whose partners are a person of color and at first they thought racism doesn't exist in nelson but it absolutely does so it's all of our jobs to be sticking up for each other. When you see something, you need to stick up for that person. And we need to, as institutions, work on our systemic racism that exists within our country and within British Columbia. Thank you.
1: All right, thanks, Ms. Anderson. I have a request. Um, We have time for one last question because we have three minutes, so that's just enough time for us. Um, From Mr. Anas' class, if you want to have somebody come up to say that question, uh, that would be great. Um, how, how are you gonna support LGBTQJ in our community? Okay, thank you, Virginia. Um, you probably should mute just in case. And uh, we're gonna start that question with um, Ms. Finley.
2: Fantastic question. I'm happy to hear it. I was waiting. <laughs> um, Finley's has been a big supporter of pride for our entire time, of 17 years. So um, we want our entire community and province where everybody feels safe, whether I don't, I don't care what your, what your preference, like choice, anything you need to be protected and you need to feel safe. And so very thankful that you asked that question. I was just waiting for it. Thank you.
1: Thanks Ms. Finley. Uh, We'll go to Mr. Tisa now.
3: Thank you. And as the Libertarian Party, uh, we support all your personal choices and we love you whoever you are. So all that we would encourage is that um, we would foster community care. Um, Just keep being kind to one another. Uh, we We love everybody. Like I said before, it's not the differences that should, we should focus on; it's the similarities. So, keep being kind. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Mr. Chiesan, uh, Ms. Anderson.
0: Yeah, so I'm absolutely a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community. Uh, when the Question was first asked. Um, my ca- campaign finance manager went like this: "Woo, he's a gay man, and we're very, very close. And I want the best thing for him and his partner. And I want all of us to have all of the same rights and freedoms. You know, to me, love is love, and we need to stick up for each other. We need to be inclusive, inclusive, inclusive. You know, I should have actually started by stating my pronouns. I go by she/her. You know, we're learning more about." the trans community. We need to make sure that people are able to love and to be who they are. That's absolutely critical as part of a society that is kind, that is loving, and that is open. I also fought at City Hall to make sure that when we were removing the banner policy, that I specifically included that the trans flag, the pride flag, and the Métis flag ensure that it was able to be flown in Nelson here. So thank you for all your awesome questions.
1: All right. Well, thanks so much. I am really impressed by you guys, all of your answers. And um, I also neglected at the start of the meeting to introduce Kaylee, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Kaylee Bartlett, who has joined us from the uh, Kahootenay Co-op radio. And so um, she's just, you've seen her on the screen here, and uh, I apologize for forgetting to.